Welcome to the All Things Physical Therapy Podcast. This is your host, DPT Steph, your doctor of physical therapy, bringing you all things PT with an interdisciplinary approach so that you can be the best clinician that you want to be. Welcome to the All Things Physical Therapy Podcast. This is Stephanie, your doctor of physical therapy, otherwise known as DPT Steph. On this episode, we'll be talking with Jen Morgan, also a doctor of physical therapy. And to get us started, Jen, why don't you give us a little history about your PT journey? This is great. Thanks so much for having me, Steph. I graduated from AT Still in Sunny Sunny, Arizona. And at that time after graduation, I actually started in a hospital-based setting. So I have been growing pelvic health programs from the jump. I did one hospital-based setting growth program in Arizona, as well as a outpatient clinic in Arizona, and then I jumped into a cash-based setting. So I was working cash-based setting until I decided to uproot to Connecticut. So now I'm actually currently in Connecticut, also doing cash-based setting. I did a hospital-based growth program first, and now I'm in cash. So didn't always think I was going to be in pelvic PT, but we'll probably touch on that in a little bit. Of course, that was going to be one of my follow-up questions too, I know, because as a student myself, and I know other students that I talk to, there's very little knowledge about pelvic PT in school. I am pretty sure we only got half a day of a lecture, not even a full day, and that was kind of it. So for students who have no idea how to get involved, or maybe only have that little bit of learning, how do you suggest they get involved? What was your student experience like, and what did you do to kind of learn more about this? specialty. Yeah, so I was blessed. At AT Still, my professor who actually taught an entire semester about uh, pelvic health, and she's actually fantastic. Her name is Dr. Tammy Rowling. She is actually on the chapter for the section of women's health, which is now the Academy of Pelvic Health Physical Therapy. She's like our chapter president in Arizona. If you are a PT student, every state will have like a chapter for pelvic PT. So start there, right? Sign up for your section, find your people in your state. We are there. We're probably hiding maybe in some state like Connecticut, um, but we are out there. Also, social media is amazing, right? So Instagram, social media, you can find me, reach out. I will help connect you to your people. However, so I was in class and I remember being like, oh, this is super interesting. Like maybe I should entertain this idea. And at that point, our clinicals were set. That was like my second year clinicals were set. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pediatric PT. So it's going to be fine. I'm just going to do my ped setting rotation and no big deal. And one of my clinical rotations fell through. And I was like, oh, well, it fell through. Like maybe that's an opportunity I should take advantage of and switch instead of that neuro inpatient peds rotation that I was going to do. I should switch to pelvic health outpatient. So I did. And lo and behold, it actually was very fruitful because I actually fell on my tailbone and had an injury. Oof. <laughs> now it's funny. Now it's funny, but it was not funny <laughs> back then. Um, I fell, actually got my foot stuck in a pothole, twisted my ankle right at my tailbone. And it was right at the same time that we just finished up that like semester course of pelvic health. And I went to Dr. Rowling and talked to her and she was like, why don't you go find a pelvic PT? So I have been a patient of, of pelvic PT chronic care. I now know the value and I also know what it's like to be sitting in the chair for the first time and tell your story and have to talk about things. Oh, gosh, I never talked about pooping ever. I was like, oh no, don't talk about that with me. And now I'm like talking about pooping all the time, um, <laughs> which is great. And it's like a normal function for everybody. Right. So being a PT student 
and being a patient, it gives you a nice little counterbalance to what it can be. And I did my rotation, which was fantastic. And then right out the jump, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I took all of the courses. As a PT student, if you're like, oh, I don't even know where to start, start at a level one course. So whether that be through the American Academy of Pelvic Health, they have like a pelvic floor intro course. Herman Wallace has a pelvic floor intro course. I took the pelvic floor one through Herman Wallace as well as their follow-up courses. Take a course and see if you like it, right? That's going to be the true indication. You're never going to know until you jump in and try. So as a student, find your people, get an Instagram, take a course, and maybe do a rotation. <laughs> I love that. That's great advice. For those who don't know, maybe they're students, maybe they're not PTs who are listening in. What exactly is pelvic PT? What's the best way to describe it? And what kind of patients would you possibly see walking through your door? Yeah, so pelvic health physical therapy is, I'm very biased, this wonderful specialty niche of the PT profession. So we are doctors of physical therapy. We have all of the orthopedic and neuro training that you would get to be a PT in like an outpatient clinic, but we treat dysfunctions related to the pelvic. So bowel, bladder, sexual dysfunction, pain in your pelvis or your tailbone, pregnancy, postpartum changes. The best way that I describe it is things that you think are common and maybe you're normal, but they don't have to be, right? So urinary leakage with coughing, sneezing, laughing, or exercise, urinary urgency or frequency. So you're the person in the car ride that has to stop every 15 minutes and that's just like you're normal, but it's not normal. It shouldn't be your normal, right? That's just a common thing you've experienced. Um, anyone who has pain with sex, right? That's not normal, right? Common, but not normal. If you had a baby and maybe you had a C-section or you had a tear, right? Those are some big changes to your tissues. You should have rehab for that. Just like you have rehab for the tissues of your ankle after you have an ankle sprain. So yes, I'm a PT. Yes, there are conservative measures that you can do to rehab the skeletal muscles of your pelvic floor, just like anywhere else in your body. I love that. That's amazing because I think, and that's such a great summary. You worded it perfectly because I still don't even know how to properly explain it. I mean, I'm not the pelvic PT here, so it's not really my responsibility <laughs> to do so. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to explain it to patients who are necessarily inquiring about it. So I think even as PTs, who don't necessarily work with these kinds of patients, we need to know when to refer out or something further that we can't handle, but we also need to then properly educate. So now we are passing this on to is thoroughly understanding what it is that should be going on with them or not going on with them. And so they know what to expect. A hundred percent. And if you are an outpatient therapist listening to this and you're like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. No, it does. You totally should be screening your patients. And it's as easy as a questionnaire, right? So if you're like, oh, I don't even know what I would use. Nicole Cozine created this amazing pelvic floor dysfunction screening questionnaire. It's 10 questions. It's validated. If they answer yes to three of those questions, they are very likely to be a good candidate. I think it's like 91% of those people are good candidates for pelvic health PT. That questionnaire can be found on her website. So print it off, start asking your people. And it just makes you look that much more professional and reliable because you're getting your people to exactly where they need to be. Not that you have to stop seeing them, but you're getting yeah. them another aspect of their care. Absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, that, that sounds like a great resource. You guys should definitely yeah. check that out. I think that's so, so valuable. And yeah, exactly. No matter the setting, outpatient people, we're looking at you. All encompassing. <laughs> Got to know where to send your patients. Yeah. Um, so you touched a little bit on the types of patients that could be coming through your door. Talk us through, now you have your own business or own clinic per se. What do you do day to day? What is that like? Is it mostly paperwork, patient care, a mix of both? Give it to us. 
Yeah. So gosh, this is such a loaded question. So like jumping into <laughs> I, cash. I, I gave a lot to you. <laughs> It's like, I thought it was going to be all patients. I was like, I'm just going to treat patients and I'm not going to worry about it. Oh my God, no, there's so much more working on your business, not necessarily in your business. And I think this is also dependent on your, you know, location in the United States or in the world, depending on where you are. And also is pelvic PT a common thing or is it a common practice in where you are? So my cash-based practice in Phoenix was, I'm going to call it easier. It was just easier. And I think that's where I have this skewed vision of all patient care all the time because patients just kind of fell into my lap. It was like, oh, you're a pelvic PT. Oh, you're cash-based. I don't have to go through my insurance and I can potentially resubmit with the super bill and all these other things. I didn't really have to talk it up. People knew what it was. They understood cash-based model. They understood pelvic floor physical therapy and they were just here, right? So it's great. So I was like all patient care, all documentation, bing, bang, boom, no big deal. Closing that down and moving to Connecticut, there are not as many pelvic health physical therapists in Connecticut. And I don't know if it's that people are hiding. You know, I actually, when I came out here, I, I reached out to every single pelvic health physical therapist or any single person who took a course through either the APTA or Herman and Wallace. And I emailed them and I was like, hey, I see you're on the directory. Like, let's talk about it. Do you do this? Where are you located? And most people came back and said they took the course. It wasn't for them. And I was like, okay, great. So there's nobody here, <laughs> not many, right? So it has been so much more working on my business to build the clientele and to build credibility and to build awareness for not only cash-based models and out of network mm-hmm. models, but also for pelvic health PT. So I do a lot of virtual calls because I started this in the time of COVID, like a crazy person. So virtual meet and greets and having conversations with patients and also getting on social media. So there's a lot more backend stuff that my day-to-day looks like. And right now I'm seeing probably about four to six patients a day. So it's really nothing crazy. And mind Mm -hmm. you, that's a nice sweet space for me because I can leave space in between patients if somebody needs more time, right? If they need more than 60 minutes and we're having a conversation, I'm not going to cut them off and be like, bye, I have somebody coming in. Yeah. So I do see four to six a day. A lot of the interim times are either documentation or you know, getting on social, doing all those fun things, or having a conversation with another provider, and then also making sure my books are balanced and getting my marketing materials out there and doing all those fun things. Super, super cool. So I know you said there is limited pelvic PTs in your area to necessarily connect with. Have you connected with any like MDs or gynecologists or other practitioners, and how have you worked with them or collaborated with them as far as patient care? Cool. Yeah, that's great. So gosh, I feel like I've had super polar experiences. So I broke my marketing plan. So of course I'm a planner. If you guys don't know, I am like a, let's get our spreadsheets kind of thing going. So I broke Love my, support that. It's great. <laughs> I started with like what I called my tier one. And so I reached out first to other PTs in the area who totally understood what I did. Acupuncturists, massage therapists, people who are professionals and have more of the day-to-day interaction with clients rather than someone who's doing just checkups. So I started there. That was really well received. It was nice to be able to collaborate. I also had training in like visceral and neural manipulation. So looking at like the fascial connections of your organs and the nerves onto your heart frame. So for my more holistic types of people, we were able to collaborate um, with their acupuncturist or, you know, with their Reiki professional or whoever, right? If they're doing more energy type of healing. Level two, now we're looking at more of like our MDs, our DOs, our PAs, like all of those people. This is where the polarizing issue came into play. 
some doctors point blank told my patients that this is unnecessary and they do not need to be here. And it is so <laughs> disheartening because they were told, well, just drink some wine. It's in your head. Like, oh, you're having sex post your baby. Like, and it hurts. Like, oh, you just need to relax a little bit. You're probably just stressed. And these, these people come to me and they literally have scar tissue density at that perineal tendon. And it's completely altering the, all the tissues that attach onto that area. And it's like, no wonder why you're having pain. Like the muscles are tight and the scar tissue, literally it's a reproduction of your symptoms. It hurts exactly what sex feels like when I touch it. It's mind blowing. So for those providers, what actually ended up happening, um, I had a full blown conversation with those patients and I was like, listen, you got better. You graduated. This is super exciting. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to send the notes to your physician? Do you want me to write like a summary note? Some said, I don't care. You don't need to. In Connecticut, it's straight up direct access. We don't have like a 30-day rule like California does. Others did. They wanted me to write a summary and then they followed a schedule, like a follow-up with their physician. And they were kind of like, look, I'm better. And so for wow. those individuals, I was like, claps for you. Yes. So I'm like, cool. Like this is just solid proof that like this is beneficial. And those patients called me and they're like, it was really eye-opening. I think my physician really like understood and they asked for your business card. So I gave it to them and blah, blah, blah. So like, that was super cool. Physicians who were like, oh, I want to collaborate. It's like very standard kind of type of collaboration. So like we would have phone calls or I would send them the eval or like whatever that looks like. It felt a little more traditional hospitally type collaboration where it was, I worked with the patient day to day. The physician got some like progress points. If I needed feedback or something, I would go to them, but not, I guess, too much. Not what I'm saying it out loud. Yeah. But I do think it's a pretty valid point to the barriers that we have, whether it's pelvic PT or just PT in general. Like we still have to, unfortunately, kind of argue or fight our way through to kind of prove that what we do is beneficial to a good majority of our patients. And I think that's awesome that you were able to kind of assist in empowering the patients that you did help. And they were like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my MD or whoever and tell them that it worked for me. And now they're more involved. So now you're actually hearing it straight from the patient rather than the practitioner. So kudos to you because that means you're doing a hell of a job if your patients are coming out with that attitude. Hair flip. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's perfect, honestly. So I think that's great. You touched on this a little bit before, too, that you're now doing more virtual because obviously the times have changed. Again, my lack of pelvic PT knowledge, as most people, unfortunately, is very limited. So I know there's like more internal exams, but not everything has to be an internal exam. How has COVID impacted maybe your evaluations or your treatment styles? Has it changed anything? Maybe it hasn't. What are you doing differently? Yeah, that's great. So Gosh, I, my training from AT still, as well as my hands-on Baral Institute training and my hands-on pelvic PT training, I have been taught to use my hands and my hands are really skilled in doing what they're doing. So COVID really threw me for a loop. Luckily in Connecticut, PT as an essential worker was not necessarily shut down in the same regard as like a restaurant or, you know, like a hair salon. So I was able to continue seeing people for as long as they felt comfortable coming in. Now, there were definitely some people who were like, I just had a baby and I don't want to like go out into the world and expose my newborn. So I have had to get really creative. Zoom has been my friend. And I actually found myself creating handouts of like, okay, here is what my assessment would look like internally. Here's how we're going to have you reproduce that for homework. Now, it's not going to be as specific and I'm not really going to know what you're feeling, but I literally created like a worksheet where like, okay, so here's your pelvic clock. Here is like what your pelvic floor looks like. 
I want you to touch here and then I want you to jot down a note, touch here and then jot down a note. Does anything reproduce symptoms for you? And then they would email that to me and we would go back on their session and follow up with it and be like, okay, here is what you told me about your pelvic floor muscle assessment. Let's talk about how your nervous system responded to touching that area. And then we can start to create a home exercise program, like a really heavy, strong home exercise program. Like, okay, these muscles hurt. Internal actually did hurt too. Here's how we're going to address that with like a pelvic wand or with like a dilator set. Or maybe we need to do some yoga and some diaphragmatic breathing to kind of like bring your nervous system down because you're guarding or clenching. Exercise over Zoom has been relatively easy, right? I think that every single PT who switched to a virtual is finding that exercise over Zoom is no big deal. Mm -hmm. It's where the hands-on piece came in. That's where it was going to be tricky. But I think we solved it, truthfully. I really think that we got creative and we hit the ground running and we tried our best. Yeah, that's awesome. Doing things more virtually, because I know every state's laws are different as well. Are you seeing patients who are primarily in Connecticut? Have you branched out to other states? Yeah, so I'm licensed um, in multiple states, not just in Connecticut. So right now I'm licensed in Arizona and Connecticut, and I'm pending my license in Illinois, considering getting licensed in New York. But here's the thing, like being licensed in the state means that I can provide you quote unquote true physical therapy care. So we're going to sit down. We're going to have a formal eval. It's going to be maybe 90 minutes. We're going to have follow-up sessions. It's still cash-based. It's still out of network. So if you have a insurance plan that allows you to submit for reimbursement or super bills, you can do that, which is nice. But I also offer remote consults with people anywhere in the world or in the United States, which basically is, I call it like a supercharged evaluation, for lack of a better term, but it's not really an evaluation. I'm hearing your story. I'm trying to help you kind of move the pieces around to create more clarity and I create an action plan. So if we need to find you a PT or a pelvic PT in your area, we do that. If there are stretches or other things that you can potentially try or follow up with your already established provider, we're going to give you that. It's not necessarily PT, if you will, but it definitely is something or someone as in me who can help to create a path of clarity, especially for my people who don't have a pelvic PT in their area. It's very clear from the jump that this will not be PT. You cannot bill your insurance, but it's like a personal trainer that you see online or just someone that can help to create clarity and give you suggestions on an action plan that mm -hmm. you're not able to get on your own. Yeah, and that's a great plan to have too, because you're right, not everyone is able to have access to a bunch of these resources, whether it's specifically a pelvic PT or just another healthcare provider who can guide them in the right direction. So again, just like another awesome thing that you're doing. I do want to touch on something as well. I want your opinion on this. So I have sure. a former PT classmate of mine who moved to the UK after graduation for her husband's work. She had a baby. And she was like, oh my gosh, we're getting women's health physios like in the hospital. And I know this is such a hot topic. And she's like, why do we not have this in the States? So I want to know what your opinion is as far as like, I know you're, you're already sighing. And <laughs> All right, I'll just turn it over to you. Give me your opinion. Oh my God, France, UK, Australia, these moms get at least 10 visits automatically. Like off the freaking jump, these people are getting rehab post baby. Well, you just grew a human for up to 41 maybe weeks and then you push that baby out of your body or it had to be surgically removed, right? People should have care like that. Now, mind you, in the more global healthcare system where everything is covered to a certain degree, it's very easy to just throw that into the bundle of billing that could potentially be happening. Here in the United States, I feel like 
it should be common. And there are some very successful hospital systems that have a PT go up to the floor and at least introduce what pelvic PT is. But those patients are still going to an outpatient hospital or an outpatient clinic model that is billing them. And if that patient, say they have a baby in December, six weeks comes around, they end up seeing that pelvic PT, you know, what is that? February 1st, we'll say. Now they're subject to their high deductible, which means that they may be subject to a really high bill in the hospital system. So our insurance model is already so crappy, for lack of a better term, where if you're subject to a deductible or you are subject to a copay, you're still going to be paying out of pocket a hefty amount of money, depending on what setting you're going to be in, place of service Mm -hmm. 22 like a hospital or an 11 like a clinic. I do believe that we'll get there. It will become standard of care. We just need to really work on our model. I think this goes back to the fact that our insurance model just sucks right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of in the discussion with no matter the setting, anyone I talk to, they're like, there's always a barrier with insurance. And unfortunately, like that's why everyone's moving to cash space because we don't want something else, for lack of better words, determining our plan of care for a patient. And it's unfortunate that it's gotten to that point in so many places. However, that's a whole nother topic yes. for discussion, of course, as we all know in the PT realm, or I feel like it's just healthcare in general at this point. It's not the most fun of topics. Um, but I do want to talk about social media as a PT as well, because you've dabbled in Reels, you've dabbled in TikTok. What have you done over the past? Maybe it's been in quarantine that you've kind of been building this platform, or even if it's been beforehand, what are you evolving into or changing as time goes on or looking to grow with your platform? Yeah, I feel like my biggest thing is I'm looking to grow awareness. I really want every single person because pelvic health is not just for women, right? It's for any single individual who identifies in any way, shape or form. You have a pelvic floor, pelvic health PT is for you. And I want to grow that awareness. I also want to grow the awareness that cash-based PT may be actually more beneficial and you may have a better ROI, return on investment, if you actually go down that path. That's actually, I was typing up a post literally right before we got on this call and that is what the topic is today is cash-based, why it may be more beneficial for you. But also my biggest goal is that I want to improve access to pelvic health care in general. So whether that be creating a DIY course, which is kind of like my little side project at the moment, or if it is creating these remote consults or, you know, just these remote conversations with people, it should be more commonplace and it should be more accessible. That is the biggest hurdle, I think. Social is fun, right? I also, where I struggle on social is I find that there seems to be this divide, right? So if you're a healthcare provider on social media, you may have other healthcare providers coming at you and being like, oh, that's not medical advice. Like, you need to be very careful. There is a responsibility as a healthcare provider. You need to provide accurate care. And if you are wrong, own up to being wrong. Like I've put on posts that I was like, oh, that's not the newest research. That's not legit. And I had to literally put out a statement and be like, yo guys, I found newer research. Someone brought this to my attention. That's totally okay. It's okay not to be a hundred percent correct all the time. But I think that there also is a responsibility as a healthcare provider to be kind in your delivery. If you find that like, oh, I know the newest research and I just found this article, let me give this to you out of, hey, I saw your post. It's not as new as it could be. So I think that providing the most up-to-date research, also patient preference and more of like that EPP model, um, and then improving access. That's kind of where my social is going. And just trying to also have fun. It should be fun while you're doing it too. Honestly, I love like, the reels that you put out too sometimes because like <laughs> they just talk about like poop and I don't know just random things that you know you said before should be normalized in yeah. discussing and you know if these things need to be talked about need to be brought to the attention of whoever 
so I think that's a great thing and obviously it's very like catching because everyone's like what do you mean you're talking about poop or whatever so another great great thing to to bring up too I want to touch on the future of the PT profession obviously it's very specific in pelvic PT but also kind of where do you see whether it's specific to pelvic PT or just PT in general where do you see the profession going in the next 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, or hope for it to go? Mm. That's also difficult, because if you ask me this right now, like literally in this moment where we are pending a 9% cut to our fee schedule, right? So for anyone who is an insurance-based provider, that means that if you go see them in clinic and they take your insurance, their reimbursement for what they're going to get back for your visit is actually going to be decreased upwards of like almost 10%, right? So if they make $100 on you, now they're only going to make $90 on you. And if they need X number of dollars to keep the lights on, that means they're going to have to bring in Susie when you're there too and this other patient and you're not going to get the care that you need. If we continue down this insurance-based model, letting these people who have never been clinical make the decisions for us, we're screwed. And the quality of care and how people take us seriously or take us in a high regard as a healthcare provider is not going to be the same. So I have a feeling that there will be a mass exodus from outpatient PT. Inpatient PT will be the same, right? You need people to get out of bed. You need skilled nursing to be, you know, taken care of too for that like subacute type stuff. But I do feel that more and more providers will be leaving the insurance-based model, which is going to be very difficult for our Medicare patients because if you're cash-based, you cannot see Medicare, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping, I, I always say this, if insurance would not be so restrictive, I would have no problem paneling. I would have no yeah. problem paneling with insurance if they gave me what I was worth and they allowed me the freedom to use my doctoral degree to make those decisions. But just like chiropractors and just like other providers who came before us, if we don't stand up and actually take action and stop playing defense and start playing offense, I think there's going to be a mass exodus, truthfully. Yeah, and that's a great point to have too. So I totally agree that we need to, as a profession, kind of step up and own the knowledge that we have. I know I recently kind of spoke on this a week ago now when I was having the discussion on my Instagram about like whether or not we should be called doctor. And there was a huge lack of confidence from the people who said that, no, I don't feel like you should use that title. And again, to each their own, I get it, like personal preference to a degree, but then there also needs to be a side of it where we have so many barriers already against us. Why would you not want to own it? to add another layer to showing how much we do know, like what we are actually experts in. And I think that's just like another layer to fighting this insurance barrier, fighting to let the public know what exactly we can do for them and so forth. But again, a whole nother bundle to uh, get through one day. I know. I actually saw that. I was part of the 500 who said, yes, we should call ourselves doctor. You know, my thing is that I call my dentist doctor. I call my chiropractor doctor. Like all these people have, you know, these doctoral degrees that they advance their education. And yet sometimes for some reason, PT, we struggle to stand in that title for lack of a better yeah. term. And trust me, if you're feeling imposter syndrome, right? If you're feeling it's like, real. oh, it's real. Imposter syndrome is so real. It's if you switch specialties, it's going to come back at you with like glaring eyes, right? But now remember, every single provider, every single one, whether you're a DO, an MD, a PA, an NP, a chiropractor, those people feel imposter syndrome too. It's not just a PT syndrome, right? So if they can stand in their doctor title despite their imposter syndrome, we should be able to do it too. 
Love it. And I think another layer to that as well is most of those professions, I think like pharmacy might be the only exception because they kind of changed the doctor title around the same time as PT. I think our foundation, our root doesn't have the component of doctor. So it's like people don't know what to call ourselves doctor because there's still people practicing that aren't called doctor. It hasn't made the full transition yet. So I'm personally, I'm hoping that in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, as more doctors are the ones that are actually working in the profession, that it does take that transition. But we'll see. We'll keep fighting for it. Totally. And when I have students, like when I was a CI and I would have students like in a hospital-based setting in Phoenix, like I would introduce them to my patients. I would literally say, this is blah, 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 student doctor physical therapy. She is currently finishing up her doctorate and she will be spending time with me for the next eight weeks or whatever it was. And people are like, oh, that's super impressive. And I'm happy to help her learn and blah, blah, blah. Rather than being like, this is Jan and she's here to spend time with me. And there's like no preface, right? Yeah. One of my CIs said, this is my doctoral intern. And like the amount of times heads whipped around and we're like, what? And then you get into the conversation and they're like, oh, I never actually had that experience, fortunately, where someone was like, oh, I don't want the student touching me. Because it just like had so so much more of a a layer of respect, I guess, instead of just being like, oh, this is another student. But yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. It's a great way to introduce students. Why not? It's the truth. It's, you yeah. know, it is what you are. To kind of start wrapping up a little bit, do though, I want to talk about, I've been asking everybody, what have they been doing for fun outside of the PT world while in quarantine, while in this pandemic? Oh, what have I been doing? And my life has been consumed by my home. So my husband and I moved to Connecticut about a year ago. And at that time we purchased a foreclosure. So our house is over a hundred years old and we had to like gut it. And we did most of the work ourselves, which is super fun. Um, and also super stressful. That's why I was like, fun. I don't know if this is fun, but it's definitely (laughs) fun. It's definitely fun. Um, and also I live in this really cute little town called Guilford. And if you do not know it, the best way I can describe it is if you watch Gilmore Girls, the town that I live in is basically like based off of Stars Hollow or Stars oh Hollow. Oh my God, love that. Downtown, right? So think of like cute little green and downtown and falls on all those things. So I spend a lot of time outside. I live less than a mile from the ocean. So I like run to the ocean and come home. Love it. Lots of time outside during this crazy, weird pandemic time. And now that it's getting colder, luckily we're protected by Long Island. So we don't get like a ton of snow, fingers crossed, but we'll see what's going to come. But house projects and outdoor activities have been like my saving grace. That's been the general consensus. Everyone's like getting outside, doing more things outside the home. And I'm like, if you're a student listening to this too, you're not an exception to this. Close your laptop, get off the iPad, close the book, go get outside, get away from this constant technology, especially if you're in Zoom University right now, because that's what you need to do for physical health, mental health, everything. Just enjoy nature, enjoy the outdoors, get the sun on your face. Or the rain on your face. Go outside if it's a rainy day. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> when I have students who judge me, I always tell them, I'm like, listen, no one sees your grades on your transcript. But what people do see is they see how you interact with their people. So if you're not having a lot of interaction outside or on Zoom, or you're not having conversations like this, this is the way that you practice. They don't give you enough bedside manner education in school. They need to teach you the foundations. You need to work on this stuff. So close the laptop. I don't care about your neural pathway. I don't care about the dorsal column right now. That's the term that just came into my head. I don't even <laughs> I know. Love I love it. I love it. <laughs> but you need to get out. You need to talk to people. You need to be social. So True. take that as a grain of salt and close your laptop. That is the truth. Any <laughs> final tips for students who are tuning in right now? <sighs> for students, don't be scared take the courses, do all the things. And if you're even entertaining the slight idea that you want to be in public health or you want to maybe shake it up and go into something that you didn't think you were going to do, do a rotation. 
go take a course. Don't be scared. Yeah, I think that's it. It's just jump in two feet. Yeah. I love it. All right, Dr. Morgan, ladies and gentlemen, where can they find you if they have questions or want to slide into your DMs? Oh, I love it. So if you want to slide into my DMs, that's the best way to get a hold of me. My handle is at doc, D-O-C underscore Jen, J-E-N Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N. I'm also on Twitter that way too. If you wanted to email me, it's just my first name. So Jennifer at centralitywellness.com, but you can also get that on my Instagram. And yeah, please reach out. I'm not one of those people like reach out and then I never get back to you. Like reach out to me. I will respond to you. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on today. You guys know where to find her. If you have any questions about pelvic PT or anything in Connecticut, fun things to do in the town, of course. Um, All right, Jen, thanks so much for coming on today. It was so great chatting with you and we'll talk soon. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the All Things Physical Therapy podcast. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to stay updated on new episodes. You can find more episodes like these on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And to stay up to date, follow dpt.steph on Instagram or go to www.dptsteph.com.